Nosy Nancy's is a true crime podcast that deals with real life situations. If you are sensitive to any of the trigger words, this is not the podcast for you. Listener discretion is advised. Hey all you nosies, I'm Aliqua. And I'm Jasmine, and welcome to Nosy Nancy's episode 9. 9. Technically we've been doing this for 10 weeks, because of part 1 and part 2 of episode 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we're almost in our, we're almost out of our first trimester. I know, it's throwing me off, this baby's really (laughs) getting speed. This baby is just growing, (laughs) and I was not ready for it. I wasn't either. It's growing so fast. Speaking of, now we have an ad, so... We're monetized. Yeah, we're like... I think... I I believe what they say, uh, what the kids say is big pimping. Yeah, I think think that you're correct. Uh. I think that... Pretty soon we're going to be, like, having lots of ice. Yeah, and we'll be considered, I think, ballers. Yeah, and we'll be, like, dripping. Yeah, because of our our nonstop riz. How much do the ads pay? Like, 0. 0.03 cents? Yeah, something like that. Something <laughs> like that. You know, we started humbly, you know, in our humble beginnings. And now look at us. A whole 53 cents later. (laughs) (laughs) This is my uh, box that I live in outside of, uh, on Lamar and uh, Runberg. Uh, It's the only thing I can afford now living in Austin. I used to live off Runberg. You did? I think everybody at one point lived off of Runberg. I used to work off Runberg too. Where? Uh, Thomas Graphics. What? Yeah, it was a printing a printing place. I worked in the bindery department, and then the receptionist like went on vacation. That's what I originally got hired for. Was the receptionist went on vacation, and I was uh, gonna fill in for her. Yeah, but all that drip you had, they were like, "Let's keep this Bia. Let's, let's keep this bitch employed." That's right. There's a you new know. fact about me, so let me hear a new one about you. Oh, actually, here here's a fact about me that I don't I don't think I have told you, but um every time I drive down the street and I pass somebody walking on the sidewalk, I have to immediately look at them in my rearview mirror to make sure that they weren't a ghost. <gasps> Stop! I do that too. You do? Yes, because you never know. <laughs> you never know. Because that's every ghost story that you hear, people are like, oh, well, I was driving down the street and I passed this old lady uh, who was kind of floating along. And I looked in my rear view mirror and she was gone. And she like, was gone. Or they're in the car gone. with you. <laughs> oh, God, please. Are you joking? If I would that kill happened myself. To me? Uh, well, yeah. One of us is gonna die, and one of us is already dead. So I guess, <laughs> well, I guess that would just leave me, you know. <laughs> one time at this old house I was living at before I moved in with you, I kept hearing this knocking, and I was, I was convinced it was a ghost. And it turns out it was just a beetle stuck in a cup, and it was like trying to get out. <laughs> and it just kept... But I was like would not go into my room for like two hours because I kept hearing that sound and I was just terrified. I know. But I have yet to like drive past somebody and like they disappear. So, so far there haven't, there hasn't been any ghosties. Well, that's good news. No, the house that we lived in was, had a lot of activity. Super haunted. There was one time that like, 
I don't know what mom got some Santa Claus that was like a, a like a remote control Santa Claus that um uh is already creepy. Anytime there's remote control uh electronic or robotic things, they're fucking creepy. That's what yeah, I did not like it from from the start. It's like and he came in two parts. There was his headpiece and his feet. And you stuck him together, and he was like a remote control, like, tray, like, to bring drinks or, like, snacks around on Christmas. And I was the only one in the house one night, and it was probably, like, the third third day that we had him, but I was the only one in the house, and then I hear all this motorized noises, and I... Yeah, on Bullard, and I go downstairs, oh. and I see this fucking Santa Claus, like just he's just jetting around in the in the living room, and like oh nobody God. is there. Nobody's been there for hours, and I just started freaking out. I like ran down the stairs. I kicked him over. I dragged his ass out into the yard and like threw him. That's what I. That's what you call a fucking exorcist. And then, and then a few hours later, I went back outside in the yard and he hadn't moved so I like took him apart and then I hid his feet upstairs and then like his, his the other half of him oh I put my down God. in a closet I'm... downstairs you disassembled and hid his body is what you did <laughs> yeah. you you Jeffrey Dahmered that bitch I did. it happened he was listen, moving around yeah no I don't blame you zone. That's fucked up. I'm so glad that never happened when I was living there. I just remembered I had a dream. It was right after your uncle died. Uncle, what was his name? Uncle Richard. Yeah, Uncle Richard. Uncle Richard had died. And I remember I was dead ass asleep. But I had this like wicker armoire. And then I had above it, I had this um, this like record player that I never plugged in. Mm-hmm. My dad gave it to me from his antique shop, by the way, if anybody wants to go see it, it's called Brass's Trading Company. I had a dream and I was like sleeping and I, and there was a man, I, and like in my dream, I like woke up and it was like so surreal. I mean, it it, it was so realistic. It was hyper realistic. Like it it was like I was awake because my, my room was the same. Everything was the same. And there was a man who was, his back was towards me. Because my th- my foot of my bed faced my armoire, and he was listening to the song "Hang On Sloopy." Do you know oh, that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I was like, "What the fuck? Who the hell is this guy in my room?" Like, and then I like died. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I was like dead, and then I woke up, and um, he was gone, and it was a dream, but. I always like I'm always like, dude, I'm pretty sure that was a ghost, a ghosty playing did, just terrible music. Did you ever meet Uncle Richard? Hell yeah, we were on the we were on the I remember we were on the bench, you know the bench that was that was against the, the window. Yeah. And he was sitting in one of the chairs and I guess you were I don't think you were wearing a skirt, but I think I guess you were like wearing shorts or something and you were like your legs were kind of open, and he was like, "He was like, oh, you're taking my picture. You're taking my picture. <laughs> Say that you were flashing. No, you're taking my picture. You're taking my picture, little lady. He was, he was cool. He was, he was a lot nicer than Gigi. I'll yeah, tell you that. Yeah, Gigi was kind of a, a real bitch. Oh yeah." <laughs> oh man i remember because i guess i was told that she was like going into my room and i was like no i'm not having that oh my so god I, yeah which i don't know who told me that i don't know if it was like your mom or i don't know but i had like put tape around my doorknob and then i like taped like thumbtacks <laughs> And I, and, but the only person that I ever fucking stuck was myself with those goddamn <laughs> thumbtacks. So, like, not very good. If I, listen, if I wasn't home alone, I would be dead. I gotta tell you, because I'm the worst at booby trapping. <laughs> Should we just dive into this? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let's go. 
Oh, before we do talk about it, there was something that that happened that recently that was really interesting. There was a man found disorientated on the trail by Lady Bird Lake. Oh, really? Yeah, the EMS apparently EMS were there was a vol- there's volunteer EMS people that are like kind of patrolling Rainy Street area and around the lake. Mm-hmm. Um and apparently they had come across a guy who was who seemed who was seemingly intoxicated and they were like, "Hey, do you want our help?" and he was like, "No, you know, whatever." F off. And then so they like let him go, like they let him do his thing cuz I mean, if 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 they're an adult, what can you do, you know? Right. And then they circled back around and they came across him again and apparently he was like almost on the point of like <clears throat> passing out or something. Shit. Um, because he was like on the ground and like t- disoriented. disoriented. Yeah, he was like apparently he was stumbling. He was a male. He was down, and he was bloody on the trail back. What the fuck? Yeah. So like the EMS are like out here doing the Lord's work, and the police are just like fucking off. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're not pulling people over for not having their registration because mine's been out since 2022. (laughs) 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 So who knows what those motherfuckers are doing, but they're definitely not doing their job. So I am doing Christian Pew this week, but the first person found next, because I'm going down the timeline... Mm -hmm. Um, is Jake Waltrip. So his legal Mm -hmm. name is William Jake Waltrip. Uh, He was born July 31st, 1991 in Waco. um, And he was found in the lake September 28th of 2019. He had moved back to Texas in 2018 and had started computer coding at school at the Austin Coding Academy Oh, yes. I remember this guy. Yeah, yeah. And received his full stack Java web development certification uh, the year that he passed away. Ugh. He began working for Mathalicious. Oh, my God. Amazing. What an amazing uh, name. (laughs) (laughs) Mathalicious. Mathalicious. Um. But he he was another man who obviously very smart. Uh, mm-hmm. He enjoyed um, shooting guns at the gun range, and also loved being outdoors, running, riding his bike around the lake, kayaking, camping. He's another. He just is another one that fits the profile of obviously super smart guy, very outdoorsy, very athletic. You know, and, just and just like a Texas boy, yeah, obviously. I really do think some of these people's families don't want their family members to be, you know, their their information out there. And well, um, I know, um, like Jonathan Honey is one that we'll get into, but uh, I know when Jonathan Honey was originally pulled out, um, his family had said that they were wanting privacy at that mm-hmm. time. He's one that I eventually will get into, but uh I think that they've come out and like talked about it since then. But maybe Yeah, I think I think they have, but there has been some I know there was at least one where the the person remained unidentified due uh-huh. to the family's wishes. That makes sense because you never mm-hmm. know yeah, you never what know. I mean, trying to do with the with that information. Yeah, they'd probably start a podcast. So. Yeah, so I know several. I know several people started mm-hmm. some podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I know two really kind of annoying bitches that started this a podcast. Yeah, and I mean, it's really embarrassing. But very attractive, both yeah. of them. <laughs> Super duper attractive. <laughs> and, and, and pretty much the smartest people we've ever known, but kind of annoying. So Yeah, you just know. a little. 
Yeah. Just a little. Just a tad. Um, what about, let's go to Christian Pugh then. Okay, so Christian Pugh, I do have a little more information on him, but Christian Pugh is uh, just kind of a weird, just kind of a weird case because he did survive, mm-hmm. but he has, n- like, no memory of what happened. Yeah. So... Which would would kind of like coincide with a date rape drug, right? Because yeah. a lot of people don't they come like if they're roofied or whatever, they they kind of don't have any memory of what had happened. Yeah, I don't know about GHP, but I I would assume. Um, but Christian Pugh, he was twenty one years old at this time. Uh, he was missing for nearly sixty hours before he was found. According to Christian, he was on his way. So he was, like, trying to go see Tom Segura. I don't even know who that is. Do you? A comedian. Oh. Uh, But Tom Segura's show was on the 15th of November. So Christian was staying a few days because Tom Segura was in for ACL. I don't know. okay. Uh... I think Christian was from around the area, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think he was, I think he's from Texas, but he doesn't, he didn't live in, live Austin. in Austin. Yeah. Um, but according to Christians on November 16th, he was on his way to attend a pregame party with some friends of his and they took an Uber over there and he ended up leaving his phone in the Uber. So he couldn't track his, like, whereabouts. Where, where, yeah, where all he went is not traceable. Okay. Um, so two of the bars he went to that night were the Container Bar, which is permanently mm-hmm. closed now, and the Clive Bar, which both are owned by Bridget Dunlap. Fun fact, there was an FBI agent that killed himself in the middle of the dance floor at the container bar. But that's not why that's not why it's closed. <laughs> no, but I remember that. I remember that. That was crazy. Yeah, it was like I read the whole story and it's like his sister who was like a police officer had hired a hitman to kill her like husband and her sugar daddy boyfriend's daughter it was it was weird like it was a lot that's that sounds like maybe a a special episode we should do yeah (laughs) because that team's juicy (laughs) um i mean it's terrible but ties in too with bridget dunlap everything yeah that's true because bridget i mean i'm not convinced that bridget isn't up to some something i want to say that researching someone else i saw that the container bar actually like one of the reasons that it closed because it's allegedly closed because they built high rises there right um right but i want to say that I saw on Reddit somebody said that they used to work there and that the bar actually closed down because they did have a bartender that was drugging patrons. <gasps> what? And it was being investigated. But I'm not 100% no. sure, but I'll try to dig that up maybe for next episode. Yeah, let's 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 circle back on that because <clears throat> like if that's the case, then that would be I mean what yeah that would be really good information to know yeah i i wasn't like you know i wasn't gonna be i wasn't gonna be trying to like blame bartenders about this because like you know like i they're working class like they're part of the working class and Mm -hmm. i'm working class and you're working class and like i just didn't want to be like oh it's the bartenders but like the more we go into this the more we like the more we like deep dive into all these cases like it makes sense it really does only, make sense that the only person that would have that ability 
would either be, you know, somebody like working at the bar or who has or who knows people who work at the bar. Yeah. You know, I mean, it truly makes sense. And that's one of the theories that we went in in the first episode, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I that yeah, is a popular exactly. one. And it I is mean, a popular one. It does make it makes complete sense to me because obviously they wouldn't be working alone. But, you know, I mean, that's. It's would be the easiest way to to incapacitate somebody well yeah and let's just i mean let's just stop and look at the locations you know like in in all these cases besides acl and there have been other cases throughout the country that have like that they are visiting like uh festivals besides those if you take those out the all the rest are at bars yeah no that's true I don't know that it's a multiple bartenders doing it, but it almost seems like maybe it could be in conjunction, obviously, with like someone who's acting as a patron, maybe. Oh, yeah. And and here's the thing is, like, if if the smiley face killers theory is correct, then, yeah, there could be five people involved at any given time. Yeah. In or any, less. In, or in any case. So in any case. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be. And just specifically to Austin, it could be any, you know, any of these other cities that have these cases that keep, you know, popping up. All right. So he, he was in Austin for the show. He was in Austin for the show. He went out the next day, went to, to a game bar. party with his, with his friends. They took an Uber over there. Um, okay. He went to the container bar and then the Clive bar. Okay. And surveillance video showed that his last stop was at the container bar. Mm. Um, But the last charge on his credit card was made at Clive. So his friends were seen on surveillance at the container bar, like waiting outside for him. And then they just ended up walking off like without him. So they left him. They left him at uh, at the container bar. Um, when he was reported missing, he was reported missing November 17th at like 10.30 p.m. Okay. Uh, when it was announced initially, the police stated that they believed that he could be in danger. Um, wow. His dad... Christopher Pugh said, quote, I'm not sure why anyone left him there. I'm not sure why the police weren't called that day. I was told they were concerned that night. He's not here. He's not called. There's been no activity on his phone. There's no activity on his credit cards and nothing, end quote. So his dad was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, why did his friends not do anything? These people need better friends. I mean, what the what fuck I've... is going on with all these friends that you can't you can't go out with people for a night and and have them like not leave you or not lose track of you and not that be concerned at all like or like doesn't conspire <clears throat> to beat you up. Yeah, like in like, the case of Tierra's friend. Yeah, in Tierra's case I mean, because obviously they went out on the 16th and his family wasn't even informed that, like, nothing, that he just, like, didn't come outside and they just walked off until the next day. God, that's exactly like with, even with Brian Wellesian, Kate, like, his case is that, like, he got out of the car and ran off and nobody bothered to, like, try and find him. Yeah, like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know. I I'm just but you know what though? It's it's it is also uh I have noticed that like when in these cases where they wander off or their friends don't look for them, mm-hmm. like they are they are they they're younger. Like they're all like early 20s, late, you know, late teens yeah. like <clears throat> where like in the case of Louis Ramirez, he was like older. Right. And he and he wasn't with anybody. He was just, you know, he was working and he just kind of. Yeah. And the same thing with Randy Lexwald. Like he he was supposed to meet a friend, but his friend didn't show up. So he just went off, you know, on yeah. his own. Right. Right. 
and right. was and was already out alone. Right. So I think a lot of this can be chalked up to just kind of like immaturity. Age. Yeah. Yeah. And just being not, you know, self-centered and you know how people are when they're young. Well, I mean, I feel like, okay, that makes sense. But I mean, even in my 20s, like. Oh, yeah. Are you I kidding? wouldn't have fucking if Hell if I no. go somewhere with somebody and then all of a sudden I can't find them and the, and they're missing and I like I would give a certain amount of time. But that's I mean, that's just me. Like, I'll give you. No, but that's you, women too. I mean, that's true. But like, if you tell me you're going to be somewhere at five o'clock, I'm giving you until five ten before I'm like blowing up your phone. <laughs> and then if you're not answering I'm already calling the hospitals and trying to and the jails if if yeah. I think that it's fitting for you. But listen, if I'm not finding you, I'm going to be in your closet hiding, waiting for you to get home. I mean, within the hour of you not being there, I'm calling the police and reporting you missing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. If Todd ever goes to the grocery store without telling you, good luck. Oh, my God. I would not, I, I want to follow you him would, everywhere. So that yeah. wouldn't even, that wouldn't even happen. You, you'd be like, you'd have the FBI out there looking for him. I he, he just, he just went to fucking HEB to get a rotisserie chicken. I would. He's too precious to lose. <laughs> I know. Precious little Todd. No, it's definitely, I'm, I, I'm not excusing it, it but it's. I think it's just kind of an explanation of, of why all these people's friends are kind of being, are seen as so shitty because mm-hmm. at our age group, you know, we're in our late thirties. Like we're not, you know, and, and we are, uh, we are women and, or cis women. And we've, we've, we've been ingrained, it's been ingrained in us to like, you know, be safe and to mm-hmm. stay with our friends and with 23 year old boys, men, like they're not doing that. Sh- they don't, they're not. They're not thinking about that. They're thinking about how many fucking Jaeger bombs they can take. And yeah, like... that's true. But that's assuming that everybody that the these men are going out with groups of all the same sex. You know, right? I mean, right. That's but there true. could be w- women in the group. Oh yeah, and there has been in, in cases like with Tommy Booth. Yeah, there was there was women, but they did leave them because they had to go home. See, and so... I'm just like, I don't know. I yeah. just am not the type, I guess. No, that's good. That's a good quality to have. It's called but, loyalty, so... Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, Christian's dad was pissed, understandably, that nobody tried to fucking help him at all. Right. Uh, with his right. friends. And didn't even, like, tell, like, let the family know, like, hey, you know, we just left downtown, but we can't find C- Christian. Like, Ugh. he just, he just disappeared. So, um, when he was reported missing, the police and Travis County search and rescue looked for him everywhere downtown, but he was found almost three days later in the bushes off of the hike and bike trail in a spot that's not easily seen or easy to get to. Ugh. Um. But... So, so they find him alive. Yeah, they found him alive. Uh, he was found next to the Congress Bridge in what they said was, quote, rough condition. And he was taken immediately to the hospital. Um, and actually, it was really kind of sad because during an interview, one worker for the Texas search and rescue team or Travis County search and rescue team said that, um, because of all the recent bodies that were being pulled out of the lake and all the recent people who had gone missing around the area, they had had practice and they specifically brought up Martin Gutierrez's case and citing it as one of the reasons that they were able to find Christian so fast. Oh man. Um, God, on on one end, it's like, I mean, it's, it's terrible that, that the Gutierrez family had to like suffer that loss, you know? Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like, well, at least something good came out of it. Um, so Christian has no idea what had happened to him. 
Uh, right. He just was told by police that he had gone out and fell like fell off the bridge. Basically, he had gotten yeah gotten drunk and fell off the bridge. Um, yeah, I think they tried to because con- they tried to convince him that it was him that jumped from the bridge. Yeah. So he had injuries consistent with a fall of about 30 feet, which would be how much the bridge is, which was uh, broken ribs, a dislocated leg. But he also had like a welt on the side of his head, um, a traumatic brain injury, which I mean that, you know, I mean, if you fall and hit your head, obviously, but he also had bloody knuckles like that were consistent with having been in a fight but that but that that's really interesting that you say well because here's the thing is like if because he was missing for three days yeah so like if he if he was like if he was the wealth the wealth would would conclude i think to me well no it would suggest because for me, like, I whelp up, but, like, uh-huh. I, I always, it goes away within, you know, hours. Right. Whelps don't stay around that long. So what that suggests to me is that, like, is that, like, it, it must have just happened <clears throat> before he was not, before he not was long. Before, yeah. And if, if that's the case, then where was he for those two other days? Yeah, exactly. If, because if 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 what the cops are saying is true that they that he was the one that jumped off the bridge, well then that means he was wandering around downtown Austin for two whole days with a search party going on. Right. That doesn't make any sense. Like they would have found him. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. He was found with these injuries, and he was taken immediately to the hospital. And put into a medically induced coma where he spent a month in this coma. Yeah, medically induced comas involve the presence of serious brain injuries. But other causes can include drug overdoses or strokes. Well, it makes sense that somebody drugged him, held him. And then they were going to throw him over the fucking bridge and they hoped that he died, but he ended up living. That's what it seems like to me. Because because how else, I mean, how else could this guy, and here's the other thing is like, if he did jump off the bridge by himself that night that he went missing, that means he'd been laying in the grass for two whole days or three days without anybody seeing him. Yeah, exactly. And if he he had just sustained those injuries... I'm sure he would have been groaning or making sounds. Somebody yeah, like would somebody have, would have been been able would have to heard him. hear him. I mean, yeah, I, I I just feel like if he if if he had been there the whole time in the grass, literally anybody. I mean, there's people that canoe down there all the time too. Like I've canoed down there. You know what I mean? There's people on on paddle boards all the time year round. I just feel like somebody would have seen him for two for three days. The spot that he was found in was hard to get to, um, and hard to see. But From land. I mean, yeah, but that From I mean, land. there's people doing shit all the time down there. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, yeah, it's hard to see, hard to get to from land, but, like, is it hard to see? Is it hard to get to from the water? Right, exactly. And- I think that he was probably held somewhere. Yeah. And then they tried, and that goes with the theory is that they, they, the, with the, with the smiley face killer theories, they do think that they use bridges mm-hmm. to kind of, to kind of throw these people over. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if they were to hold them for a long time and then dump their bodies, you know, maybe, maybe a lot of them are alive whenever they throw them over the bridge mm-hmm. and then, but the GHB or, or whatever kind of drug they use, you know, incapacitates them so that they can't swim and then they ultimately end up you know drowning right which makes sense because that'll give the injuries too that's needed for yes yep to be the medical examiners to just Mm -hmm. be like oh yeah this was an accident or an undetermined drowning you know not sure exactly exactly um, so when Christian was awoken from his coma, he, um, ended up needing to learn how to write again. 
Mm. He had forgotten several things. Um, and according to Christian, he felt like he just kind of was brushed off by the police. He felt like since he was alive, it didn't really matter to them what he remembered happening that night. Like the bits and pieces that he remembered. Right. Um, which they wouldn't listen to, to Lisa Faber either when she was trying to show them the GoFundMe page that was made for Randy two days before he even disappeared. Yeah, and I I know I keep saying this, and I'm not convinced that Randy was part of SFK, like the smiley face killers, but I do think I I, I do think his he was murdered. And the fact that the police just are not, you know, if she has to on the coattails of all these people drowning, then fucking so be it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Do it. I mean, do whatever you have to do. You have to advocate for your for your loved one. Um, but regardless whether or not I think he's related to, to these other drownings, he definitely was. His case was severely mishandled. Yes severely and they just they just fucking pushed him under the rug and 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 i think that's really i think it's really terrible um do you does christian does he remember anything from that night um christian remembers like bits and pieces but for the most part they just told him that he went out he got fucked up he fell off the bridge his father does uh, attend and is av- and is advocating for um, more safety measures and attends the meetings, talking about his son and is fed up with people um, coming up missing from the area. So he he is one of the people campaigning for like the lights around the lake, the cameras, the halo cameras to be put up. Um, yeah. Even though his his child was the only survivor so far, that's all I've got for Christian. I mean, he's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, all. good, good, good. Um, I do want to address something because the guy that I have, the case that I'm going to be talking about today is, is is Dakota is the case of Dakota James. Um, now Dakota James was openly gay, okay. and there's there's been a lot of theories that that you know whoever especially in austin whoever's going after these guys are going after them because they're straight which we know that that's just not true because um julio santos iii was also openly gay Mm -hmm. so sexuality as far as what as we can tell by all these cases in austin and in other places really has nothing to do with it right what what they're more after is their credentials as far as their academic achievements um and like what how they look basically yeah Yeah. um there has been a big chatter uh specifically from a couple of people um in the groups on on facebook about how they think all these guys are are on the down low and how they're meeting people to have a sexual liaison um with with uh you know with the same sex and and also we know from martin gutierrez's um from yeah at least from his case we we know that he was not he was on his phone but he was just scrolling social media um so I just kind of wanted to talk about that for a second because it's 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 kind of like if I was a family member, I'd be like, you guys are focusing on the wrong thing. And it's kind of infuriating. Yeah, I mean, who really – I mean, I and I, I get it to a certain extent, obviously, if there is a serial killer's presence. Yeah. They're trying to figure out why – like who his right. targets are, why they're being targeted, whatever. But right. uh, a lot of the time people's sexuality – seems to have nothing to do with it and it's more i mean in these cases at least it's well 
and it's not just that but it's like it's like you're not even looking at the cases right you're just making assumptions about people based on what fits your mindset about what's going on you came up with a theory which is not a bad theory i mean that's not a bad theory but it makes no sense in conjunction with the cases and what we know of all of the people in these cases like this this is particularly it's one guy and he's like oh he's on the he's on the dl he's on the dl and i'm like no he wasn't on the dl and like and if you if you had any done any research on any of the victims you would know that there's just no evidence that would support that right um and it's and it's like while it's a good theory and there are i mean there are cases where where serial killers a lot of times they they if it's a singular serial killer there a lot of times sexuality their their own sexuality is very much at play you know what i mean yeah and that's the, a driving force but that's yes. their personal sexuality and right not the, per, the sexuality right. of their victims right and we don't we're not convinced that it's one person so if you have multiple people that that's killing people it's not going to be one person you know what i mean there's there's mm-hmm. so many it it makes it impersonable right. because there's because there's multiple people and 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 a lot and i think that's what's stumping a lot of like a lot of these like agencies because they're used to serial killers being one person where they can they can make it super personal and they can they can profile them easily more easy because of their of their personal preference right right but if you have a group of people that that are doing this then there there's no way to profile them because you're instead of looking at one profile you're now looking at 10 possible profiles or five or four exactly. you know what i mean exactly so there's there's no way you can even you, you can even determine the 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 driving force other than they just want to kill somebody right yeah exactly just i mean there are people who just choose random targets based off of whatever that's that's what mass shooting it that's what mass shootings are yeah exactly that's what mass murders are and and yeah it's just these people are just like wanting to like to push this agenda and it's like it's not yeah it's, it, it kind of irks me because it's like just do research like just look at like all you have to do literally is just google any of these guys names and you can find a lot of information on them i was like or you could like i don't know listen to our podcast we'll yeah do the work for you yeah <laughs> you know i think it's i think it's very much just people are wanting to put like you said like if it's in with the agenda of what they want to right push which right. is the agenda that you know gay people are up to something nefarious and I I'm like I'm like dude you're obsessed with the the word down low like are you down low dude like he's like this guy it was like the 65 year old telling me mansplaining to me what down low means and I'm like bro I'm fucking at least 30 years younger than you I know what ta- the down low means I'm yeah like, God. Come at me when you have your own riz, bro. (laughs) (laughs) So, so on this case of Dakota James, this is a case of a really terrible medical examiner. Oh. Yeah. I don't really go into it as much in the, in, in the notes that I wrote, but Mm -hmm. I will like ad lib it. Okay. On January 25th, 2017, 23 year old, Dakota James went missing after a night out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where he was attending Duquesne University. His body would be recovered 40 days later after his disappearance in the Ohio. Yeah. Just like the guys before. Um, In the Ohio River, 10 miles downstream from his last known location. Um. Because Dakota was a missing persons case, his death was ruled accidental drowning and his case was closed pretty quickly. Of course. Um, yeah. In 2018, at the request of Dakota James's mother, uh, Pam James, Kevin Gannon and his team did their own investigation into Dakota James, Dakota James's death. Now, this was kind of hard for them because the medical examiner did not 
or the police department didn't release any of the medical examiner's like reports or police reports. Um, they didn't even release like photos. They were keeping it pretty, pretty tightly sealed. Um, I guess because it was a missing persons case and not like a homicide. Right. Um, highly academic and athletic former. He was a former soccer player and swim team captain. Okay. He was a swim team swim captain. Team captain. Great in the water. Yep. yep. Dakota James, uh, moved to Pittsburgh to pursue a master's degree at Duquesne University. The night of his disappearance, Dakota was out with his friends at the 941 Saloon and later the Bar Images. Dakota's last seen alive walking in the direction of the Ohio River by way of security cameras. So on his security camera footage, you can see him. He stops He's and he's texting. He's So he is on his phone while he's walking towards... Talking to someone... Yeah, he's walking towards an alleyway that would dead in on onto the banks, basically, or the the street that's closest to the river. Um, where he is, there's three major bridges. They one of them was closed. The bridge on the the far right was closed. I don't remember the name of that bridge. And then the one in the middle, which is the one that they that the police um, theorized he went over and fell from. Uh, was was the one that he was supposedly walking towards um and that one was um called the robert clemente bridge so they theorize he walked down uh the two flights of stairs okay to pee and fell into the ohio river so the original autopsy toxicology report did find ghb in his system Okay. So supposedly he was severely intoxicated plus had GHB and he was supposedly walked down two flights of stairs to then got to the river's edge, then fell in. That doesn't make sense to me. Like if you're going to be intoxicated enough to fall into water, you're going to fall down those fucking flights of stairs first. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? I can't make Um, it down the stairs sober. I know, we've tried multiple times. (laughs) Um, Robinson Township's volunteer Swift Water Rescue Group recovered Dakota's body 10 miles downstream from Liberty Street and two miles beyond Emsworth Back Channel Dam. So between the spot where where, uh, they believed he fell in at, at the Robert... Uh, Clemente Bridge mm-hmm. and the spot where he was found was was a 10 mile stretch and two miles um, from where he was found was a dam if he was in the water for 40 days like they, they suggested his body would have had to have gone through the dam Scott Gron and, and Kenny Kissow recalled Dakota's body being in the best shape they had seen out of the dozen bodies they had pulled from the Ohio River. The original medical... what, Despite the fact that he was missing for 40 days. Despite that he was missing for 40 days and supposedly going through a dam. If a human body goes through a dam, like, there's going to be significant post-mortem damage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The original medical examiner also noted moderate decomposition of Dakota's body, which this was in January and it is, it's cold, you know, in Pittsburgh, it gets cold in Pennsylvania. Right. So it could, it could be that his body was, was, was well preserved as far as decomposition goes, but that doesn't answer for the lack of postmortem trauma that would have been brought on by the by the dam and uh, yes and and all the debris that they think is in the ohio river right um and although it was theorized dakota's body was pushed through the dam the medical examiner never noted any postpartum trauma to the body as it would have been expected if it was forced through a dam dr lee gilbertson gang expert and criminal justice professor met with one of the dam engineers and was able to obtain 
damn records from the, from March 6th, the day that Dakota's body was recovered. Data from that day concluded the dam's gates were opened collectively at a 25 at 25 feet, meaning one gate was only opened at one foot while the others were opened at about two and a half feet, making it statistically improbable that his body went through the dam without suffering some kind of damage. Right. The Robinson Township Volunteer Swiftwater Rescue Groups, Scott, Graham, and Kenny Kisau, also noted that Dakota's face was was preserved was so preserved that they knew it was him immediately from his missing pictures when they pulled him out of the water. Oh God. Yep. That's Doctor incredible. Yeah. Doctor Kurt waked a f- forensic pathologist. Uh, divulged that the water temperature could have preserved Dakota's body, but the lack of postmortem injury to the body was highly unlikely, not only because of the dam, but because according to the water rescue team that found Dakota, the Ohio River hadn't been drudged in over 30 years, and the probability of Dakota's body running into to debris was pretty high. So I guess, I guess people the city or whatever drudges like bodies of water to kind of remove you know all the debris from like buildup of over the years like trees and boats and you know right. all sorts of stuff and they hadn't done that in the ohio river for 30 fucking years really so, <laughs> yeah yeah so if this guy had drowned if dakota had drowned his body would have sunk and this is a, this is a swiftly moving river um so his body would have sunk first, and then as he began to de- decompose, the gases in his body would then lift him back up. Right. Right. He would have been dr- he would have been drugged along the bottom of the river, hitting all who knows what. You know what I mean? So there should have been some kind of trauma to his body. Right. Because there's rocks and he, he, God yeah. knows what else. Yeah. And the Ohio River is pretty big, so... Yeah, and plus the dam. You know what I mean? And there just wasn't evidence of it. Um, Dr. Wake also determined ligature marks along the back of Dakota's neck and discoloration of his nail beds on the fourth and fifth fingers of each of of Dakota's hands, consistent to someone trying to release pressure from strangulation. Eventually the police department released the medical examiner's original report along with the pictures and the new forensics pathologist was able to, to like observe the pictures. And that's when he noticed this, the ligature mark was in the, the back of his neck, a big bruise, a big ligature mark that was like immediately he was like, Oh, that's strangulation. Yeah. And then, and then cause you know, on the fourth and the fifth finger of each hand, if you're trying to keep somebody from strangling you, you put your fingers there. You know what right. I mean? Right. And it was it was it was so it was hard enough that his nail beds were bruised, basically. And there was like there's capillaries that were burst in his in, in his, his nail blood. Nail blood. Yeah. Nail beds. Beds. Yeah. Um downstream from the dam near where Dakota's body was found is a publicly accessible boat ramp used by the maintenance of an abandoned water plant. Um, Kevin Gannon and his team theorized Dakota was held for some time, strangled, and then dumped into the Ohio River via this boat ramp. Not far from the place where Dakota's body was was recovered is the I-79 bridge, and spray-painted on one of the columns was a blue upside-down smiley face. Jesus. On October 3rd, 2018, Kevin Gannon and Pam James met with the DA to try and have Dakota's case reopened and recategorized as an undetermined drowning. The original medical examiner refused to look at the case again. Oh my God. Yeah. Did so they ever med- find out who he was texting? No. no. They did take his laptop to a to a um special to a specialist and he that specialist was was uh able to find a paypal transaction that happened two days after he was missing really what was it 
Uh, I don't. They didn't say what it was, but it was suspicious. There. So. Interesting. Yeah. Who knows? There was also something else interesting. Next to the smiley face was at the date um, six eleven oh six, which, I mean, that's not significant to the guys in Austin, but mm. June eleventh was when they found the br- the body here in Shoal Creek, which uh, I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. Of course, that was in twenty twenty three and not two thousand six. But yeah, exactly. They they. Pull out a lot of them out in June. Yeah. I mean, last yeah. month with the two. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, That's so fucking ridiculous. Like, I, I don't know if it's like what you said. Like, maybe they just, all these medical examiners and stuff are just burnt out. But, I mean, that really does seem to be the case. Is like, they just don't give a fuck about anything. This seemed like more like a case of his ego. Yeah. Like, he he missed so much fucking, I mean, the ligature mark, because I saw, they did show a picture of it on the documentary that I watched about his case. Uh-huh. They showed a picture of, of the ligature mark on the back of Dakota's neck, and it is, it's prominent. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they didn't bother to write that down. When it comes to drownings, I just don't think they give a fuck. You know? Yeah. They would rather not have to do the investigation. They would rather not have to do the work, I really think. I think so, too. And I think it's like what we said um, in the first episode, too, is like it is significantly more difficult to find out what happened in the water than it is on dry land. So yeah. I think it's one of those that, like, it's so much easier to just be like, oh, yeah, well, this is clearly a case of drowning. Any injuries are from falling or being drug, drug along the bottom of the river or the body of right. water, whatever. Right, right. It's like a, scape, like a scapegoat type of. It is. It is. That's why I, I know I said this last episode, but that's why I really think the person who started this whole underground like killing group i really think was was a medical exam or like or 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 was like some kind of forensic student yeah. or just someone or, who knows the practices and what yeah what's kind of expected and what they're going to be yeah. looking for and how hard they're willing to look for it because all these other serial killers jeffrey dahmer fucking ed gein ed kemper like you know, they've all been caught, uh, John Wayne Gacy, they've all been caught because they, none of the, but, and none of them disposed their bodies in the water. Right. They didn't know to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? They thought, oh, that's of acid, Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, and, bury him and, under you know, the house. Yeah, John Wayne Gacy. You know, they didn't, they didn't think to throw them in the water. Right. They didn't have the knowledge to do it. So it just makes sense to me that the person who started it, if if this SFK theory is correct, then I really think it was somebody who, yeah, like we said, were just knew knew the ins and outs. Yeah, no, I think so. Um, that being said, I think it's time to do the missing persons. Okay. Okay. So this week's missing persons is a woman named Simone Griffith. Um, and she's been missing since March of 2022. Uh, she is 28 years old. She has brown hair and brown eyes. Um, and she is homeless in Austin, in the Austin area. Simone uh, was a victim of police brutality and has an ongoing lawsuit with the, with the uh, officers that were involved in the incident. Um, she was observed on camera being being brutalized by some police officers oh my god yeah um if you see her please reach out uh to the austin missing persons and surrounding area um i would say contact the police but But maybe not (laughs) but maybe not um there wasn't a number that you can call for her um but 
there is a Facebook group um, that's called Austin Missing Persons and Surrounding Area. And her picture is up on uh, our Facebook as well as our Instagram. Um, if you like our podcast, please share it. Please and share let's get the it. word out. Yeah. Get the word also, out about it. Yeah, get that word out, you know. Um, but also you can follow us on Instagram. It's Nosy Nancy's. And you can join our Facebook group. Nosy Nancy's podcast. We also have a TikTok. Nosy Nancy's podcast. Podcast. Uh-huh. And we are always looking for listener stories. So if you want to write one in, that'd be awesome. It's nosynancy's at gmail.com. And I think that's it, right? That's it. We have a Twitter, but it's not even worth mentioning. So Yeah, yeah. One of these days, maybe, hopefully, hopefully, by the time we're old, we can have somebody that could do our PR for us, and maybe they can they can take over that. Yeah, and know what they're doing. Yeah, because we do not. No. Um, but thanks, everybody, for supporting us this far. We're almost at the 10th episode, so that's pretty... I know, that's, that's pretty, so crazy. I know, it's bangabolical. I made we that word that. up. We'd love that. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely bangabolical. I support you, Aliqua. Thank you, Jasmine. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's next week? Next week is Jason John. Okay. Okay, so next week, Jason John, Aliqua's big surprise. Stay tuned. Ciao. That was a sexy, sexy, sexy ciao. That was? Yeah. La vie, man.